This episode absolutely blew my mind. All right, what's up, you crazy fighting entrepreneurs? Listen, there's one thing I wish I did 15, 20 years ago before I started my companies that I thought was a joke and I used to laugh about. And now that I'm where I am, it's like something I really want you to understand and to appreciate. That's what this episode is going to be about, how to get into the deep psyche of your customer. But we're going to learn from an individual who helped. Okay, ready? Here's a controversy. He helped Trump get elected, but he's also helped a lot. Over 1,400 winning political campaigns. He has one major strategy, which has five steps, and that's what he's using now to help business owners win in the marketing game. His name is Philip Stutz. I met him through a good friend, Jeff Lerner. All I can tell you is by the time this episode is over, I was ready to hand him tens of thousands of dollars. Scouts Honor, I actually have a subsequent call already set up with him. It was that powerful. Pay attention, take notes, get excited, get ready. Epic episode. This man right here knows marketing better than most people I have ever met in my entire life. So let's see what he has to say. So, all right, Philip presidential elections that's what you that's where you had me i'm i've been very curious lately and um to talk to someone who's brought lessons of you know it like what elects people in campaigns to the business world it makes sense right because that's a ruthless crazy go-to-go world it's almost like if you can swim in that tank of sharks coming into any other tank you know makes you the the, the big dog so I'm really curious, you know, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, you know, you worked in politics. Do we know any names? What did you do? And then kind of, you know, transition us to how that helped you become such a raging entrepreneur today. I kind of have always uh, followed this rule, go in the direction no one else is going in. And so when all my friends were graduating college, they were going to get sales jobs at trucking companies or uh, they were going to go, you know, work at a, uh, in the banking industry. They all took safe jobs. And I'm like, I'm just not going to go down that route. And I went out and started working on political campaigns. And I mean, I've been doing that for 26, 27 years now. But, I, wow. you know, a couple of years ago, we can talk about all the political stuff in a sec, but a couple of years ago, uh, I hit that uh, midlife crisis around 40 and, you know, some people go cheat on their wives and some people buy Harley Davidson's. And I just decided to become a real entrepreneur at that point. And so I thought to myself, you know, there's nobody in the political world that's translated the way we elect politicians could be presidents, senators, governors, and taken the, the strategies and the tactics behind that and implemented it into helping businesses grow. I, I think there's a real need right now in the economy of marketing where we need a different outlier approach to the way we market businesses. And so, you know, I just said, well, that's an interesting theory. Let's see if I can go prove it. Well, you know, I've spent multiple, multiple years doing it now. I've written two books about it. We work with Fortune 200 companies. We work with startups, publicly traded companies, and, Every company that we've worked with that has followed what we call this undefeated marketing system has grown their bottom line. And so I guess the key on it is more of the, um, I go down the path that no one else is going down. And yeah, sometimes that doesn't work out, but I'm more comfortable trying to do it differently. Um, I, I'm also one of those, you probably, maybe you recognize as well as a kid, it was like, if you told me I couldn't eat pizza, then I'd go eat pizza. If you told me, uh, to eat pizza, I'd ask for a hot dog. Like I'm just going to be contrarian in pretty much anything I do. It's just kind of my wiring. And 
So that's kind of led me, you know, we've got six different companies right now. They all feed into one ecosystem and um, it's all within the advertising and marketing world. And, and sort of that's the kind of the, the rough outline of it, I guess. No, I, I love your analogy there. I think a lot of amazing entrepreneurs share that, right? So for me too, growing up, you can't do that. It's the one thing I'm going to do. Or if someone tells me that's not possible, well, now I have a whole other reason to make it happen because I want to prove to you that you were wrong. So uh, amazing stuff. 26, 27 years in politics, you know, I, I imagine that did teach you quite a bit. So I'll ask you to kind of monologue this, man. I'm curious because it's such an interesting connection. So teach me, tell me, like, what, what do you teach these companies? I've been saying that we, uh, I've been a part of 1,433 election wins, including three presidential wins, but we're in primary season right now. And so we just had, I think, six more wins. So I'm at 439, uh, my, my agency did. So, you know, that I basically worked on, you know, many Senate races, governor's races, presidential campaigns, Um, And really, one of the things that I recognized over all this time is there is a formulaic way that we market a politician and to, you know, let's say it's an unknown or even an unsavory candidate, right, and marketed them to an election win. And I don't care if you're offended. Uh, I don't care if uh, if, you know, I, you know, I don't you don't agree with my politics. What I'm here to actually talk about is like, what do we do when you pull back the curtain of political campaigns to get the person elected? Right. Mm-hmm. And so what what are what are the marketing techniques that we use in politics um, that win every time that we follow it, except when our opponent uses the exact same formula and actually utilizes it smarter than us. And I think what's interesting is more than anything else is that in the business world, there are basically almost zero companies other than the Fortune 200 companies that are following this formula. None. So if you're a business out there and you follow this formula, it almost guarantees that you're going to grow your bottom line and you're going to be playing a marketing game that no one else is playing in your in your competitive industry. And so I just decided to tell that sort of outlier story and help these businesses become outlier businesses. No, that's amazing. Wow, man. So I want to get the numbers right. Over did you say over 1433 election wins? Well, it's 1439 as a 39. <laughs> that's crazy. That's a pretty big number. Um do, do you do you, are you public or talk at all about which presidential elections you were a part of? Absolutely. We'll talk about them. Just make sure that you're ready. <laughs> I'm, hey, you can't offend me either. So let's do it. This is going to be the fun part. Uh, fun part. Well, I've worked on eight presidential campaigns. I worked on okay. three winning presidential campaigns. So which ones would you like me to talk? The winning ones. Let's see the winning ones. All right. The winning ones were Bush in 2000, Bush in 2004, and then Trump in 2016. I knew it was coming. I knew that. <laughs> the way you said it, oh, that was awesome. Um, how was that like, Trump, like, working for that campaign? Like, what do you do for them? I guess, let me ask that question. For that campaign, we I didn't work for the campaign directly. I worked for a yeah. super PAC that was set okay. up to help fund adverts. We ran ads. We ran, uh, and I talk about this in my book, The Undefeated Marketing System, but uh, I tell all the stories of all these campaigns. But one of the things we did was we were tasked with a, an organization, a super PAC supporting Trump, hired us to come in and try to win North Carolina, uh, Michigan, 
and uh, Pennsylvania and New Hampshire. And we won Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and we lost New Hampshire by like 30,000 votes. But we ended up getting more votes for Trump than, you know, uh, Mitt Romney or John McCain had gotten in the previous election. So we actually increased their vote share in that state, uh, utilizing this formulaic approach to, to marketing the candidate. So when you're helping these candidates, you're doing, let's get into that more granular. So you said you, you run their advertising. Is that the key thing? Is it digital? Is it print, media? Um, I'm, I know there's gotta be a formula there, but I guess work backwards and let's get to that. Yeah, the it, it's screen, I'm screen agnostic because what the first step in the five-step system that we utilize is going, understanding, a, having a deep, deep, deep understanding of the voters and what they want. So, you know, I, I, let me give you an example of what I mean. So when a candidate, let's say they run for the U.S. Senate, um, wh where are you? I, forget, I forgot. Are you in Austin or where? Maryland. Maryland. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, you're right next. You're right in the. Oh, I'm right in it. I know. You're right in the DMV. So, uh, all right. So if you, um, uh, if a candidate comes to me in the state of Maryland and say, hey, I want to run for the U.S. Senate, you know, inevitably I ask this question. What do you care about? Why do you want to run? What, what are the issues you want to run on? And the egotistical politician always gives me 25 different things they plan to run on, right? And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, no one wants to hear your 25 issues. Like, I appreciate that you think that people want to hear your, how you, you believe in these 25 issues, but they just don't. No one has time, right? We, before we recorded today, you were like, man, I'm insane right now. It's going crazy. Like, I, yeah. you don't, do, you have, do you have time to follow a candidate's 25 issues? Uh, no. I think, no, 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 neither do I. I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm married. I have other things outside. I have working my ass off. Like, I have other things I'm paying attention to. But what we do, man, is that we, uh, we utilize one of the most sophisticated data operations in the world. I can get into that in just a second. To go into these, let's say the state of Maryland, and we poll and we draw consumer data, polling data. It's really much more sophisticated than this, but we, we take those 25 issues and we test them to the voter base. And we find out ultimately there's going to be one or two issues that rises to such a degree that you will vote for that candidate if you knew that candidate believed in that issue. And from okay. that okay. point forward, we don't talk about anything other than that one or two issue from for until election day. Okay, pause because I think we probably have enough right now. At this point, I, I I'm really interested in something, and I feel like this is going to take probably the rest of the podcast, and that's okay because you did say five steps, so we're going to get into the five steps. Before I get into my question, can you give me the name of your book again? Because you said it really fast, I didn't get it. Yeah, it's the undefeated marketing system: how to grow your business and build your audience using the secret formula that elects presidents. All right, perfect. Now, so someone's listening to this and they're like, Anik, why, why are we talking about this? I don't plan on running for politics. I'm a business owner. Well, okay. So you said step one is to deeply understand the voter. And here I'm simply, what's that? It's the metaphor. Yeah, well, it's, it's also deeply understand your customer. So just take voter out and put customer in. And this is why we're having this conversation because um, I do think a lot of people, so I teach copywriting a lot. I'm known for that. And we use the word avatar, right? But I think even using the word avatar is being incorrectly taught because avatar has become very demographical. It's like, well, I, my average customer is a 35 year old male, mid suburban, blah, blah, blah. Well, the, the, the other, I don't care. 
if someone if someone tries to market to me and says, are you 38? I'm like, yeah, good guess. Who do I care? Right. But if someone comes to me and says, did you just have a baby? You just boom. I mean, you just hit me. You know, right now there's a formula shortage. I'm spending about two hours a day chasing formula. I care about that. That's got my attention. And I'm really angry at the politicians who aren't fixing it. Like I've got emotion and anger. So if someone targets me with that message right now, you get my attention. So I really want to get into this, understanding deeply the customer. You said something. You said, hey, we take 25 metrics, whatever this candidate thinks they're interested in. We test it against the voter bank. I have right now, let's assume... Um, Philip, I've got 25 things that I think my ideal customer is worried about because these pointers help me write copy. They help me create my pitch. They help me create my offer. They help me name my product. I have a product coming out. Um, you'll be proud of this. This is the first time I've done something like this in 20 years of my career, which is sad, but I'm glad I'm doing it. I have a product coming out in July where the name of it, the main word is there because my team did a word bank search I, this was my this was my copy chief. I'm so glad he did this. At the time he did it, I'm like, this is so stupid. What are you doing? But <laughs> it came out so awesome. In one of our surveys, he he asked, type in the word, one word, the reason you're looking to build this business so much. And it created this word cloud. And like right in the middle was this word. And it's so big and it's so dominant. I'm like, holy crap, you can't ignore that. So I took that word and I put it in the name of my next my next product. And I feel really smart doing it. I'm like, wow, this is really, but I feel like that's like probably infancy for what you guys do. So let's say I came to you today and I said, Philip, I've got these 25 things I think are my important to my customer. How would you test that? How would you be like, no, you're wrong. Here's the three that are really that important. So such a good question. I wish everybody kind of pinpointed that kind of question down like you did. So here's how we do it, right? Um, and in the book, I talk about how we do it, but really I give other ways you can do it. But for me, I've, I'm so married and committed to this formula that I went out and created a partnership with the largest data collection analytics and AI company in America. And in my database, I have 230 million plus American consumers, 550 million plus connected devices. I'm tracking 10 billion online purchasing decisions every day and a trillion searches. And so I can take either your subscriber or email list or your customer list and overlay it online and track the movements of these people to figure out what they're buying, when they're buying it, who they're buying, what they're watching, what they're doing with their time, what they're scrolling through on social. And ultimately, I matched that to the database that we've been collecting for over 11 years now. So this is well before all the privacy things happen. So our database is not going anywhere. And we're still able to track because, frankly, Connected TV is the next outlet that we've moved into to do IP targeting. And it's a wild, wild west like Facebook was six years ago or Apple was. And so... My point is, is that I can tell you everything you've ever wanted to know about either a modeled audience, uh, a customer or subscriber list, or I can put a pixel on your website, grab those people's IP address when they come to your website, and then tell you everything you wanted to know about them. I can tell you their top three values in life. I can tell you if they buy based on price, quality, or convenience. I can tell you what they read, specific publications. I can tell you what they watch, specific shows, because obviously we're grabbing them through connected TV. Um, I can even tell you the social media platforms they're on in a chronological order. 
So let me give you why that's in, that's important. Because we worked with a Shark Tank company. They were an office chair company. They got on Shark Tank. And they came to us and they said, we've got a bunch of private equity funding and we need to figure out you know, how we double this company. And so I said, where are you spending your ad dollars right now? They said, 85% of our dollars are spent on Facebook. I said, why? And they said, uh, because Facebook? And you go, <laughs> all right, I know, but why? They go, well, that's where we built our company through. I said, but what, what other platforms? And they go, well, we, we're not really doing anything else. So we went in and tracked their customer base. We tracked their website visitors and we built a modeled audience. And what we found was that all three of the audience we looked at, Facebook was the number four performing platform for their customer, their website visitor, and their model audience. Number four. Number one, you want to guess what it is, Anik? No, I'm, I'm cur curious. I have no clue. Pinterest. Here's really? why. Here's why. Women went back into the workforce during COVID. They were working from home. They wanted an office chair that was comfortable and looked good. This company had no idea that that was their customer base. And they had never spent a dollar on Pinterest. Do you know something funny? I bought my wife a work. I bought her a chair to work from home during COVID. Do you remember the name of the company? <laughs> no, I no, I don't. I mean, it, it, she's not that picky. We didn't really do a lot of searching. I'm just, I'm laughing because I'm like, yeah, I remember dragging a chair up the steps to it for my wife. So it's interesting. You're a company and you're like, well, I don't know. We've always done it. We just, that's where our customers are. How do you know? Yeah. So I don't deal in assumptions. I deal in proof. And I'm not going to devise a marketing campaign or spend your money if you're a business owner, unless I know that I have a guaranteed risk eliminating process of success. And I just um, invested millions of dollars to make sure I brought that to my clients. Yeah. Okay. So look, I am already, it's on my notes here. So it's like, as soon as this podcast ends, ask Philip how to do this, right? For my customer base. So I can afford that. Um, I can do that. It's interesting. Have you ever, ever heard of a copywriter named Mike Kim? Mm -mm. All right. Mike's got a, a great, he's a, he's a brand, you know, like, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, not whatever, influencer, whatever. He's got his own brand, but it's around copywriting. And he's got a book called Brand You. And it's, he's really, really good. And we ran one of these data reports for him. And he basically is like, you just, like when we finished giving the report, he's like, I've got five years of content I'm writing. Like I have, because our report's like 75 pages. It's full, I mean, it's full with more details than you've ever wanted. We've done this now for, Roland Frazier, we've done this for Michael Hyatt, we've done this for Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, we've done this for Amy Porterfield, uh, Marisa Murgatroyd, John Asaraf, like John, uh, Jay Abraham, uh, 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 James Altucher, like I'm sort of the influencer to the influencer world, I guess, is my brand and one of my one of my brands. But that's because we're able to tell them more about their followers, their subscribers and their customers than anybody's ever been able to do. So. But what about the common person? Like, is there a way that someone who maybe can't, is not ready for your level of agency? Is there like a, a smaller way that they could do some of this to understand what the core things are that are valuable to their customers? Just so you know, the get in price is 7,500 bucks on this, right? And yeah, yeah I understand. It's like, if you like, we have a lot of companies that will go out and spend 25, 50, even 
100 to 200,000 dollars before they realize that their marketing is completely messed up and they need to start over and they need to get it right. So the question for anybody and I'm going to answer your question, but I think I want to preframe it this way. What is it worth to get it right before you go make mistakes? Yeah. How much is that actually oh. worth, right? So for us, the get-in price for us is 7500 bucks, and that's not that much, right? Now, you can get more sophisticated. The Fortune 200 companies we work with spend six figures with us. You don't have to spend six figures, right? You, you can look at certain audiences and get really granular on certain things. But if you're not, um, look, and I, uh, you, you said this earlier, right? You guys went and looked at sort of word plays that, that were, that, that's smart. That's data. Get the data. That's better than doing nothing and guessing, right? There is Google Analytics. There is Facebook Analytics. There is Twitter Analytics. There are ways that you can spend a little amount of money, look at the data, and optimize before you go spend a lot of money, right? Yeah. There are ways. You know, I um, when I was on uh, James Altucher's podcast, we were talking about this, and he kind of asked me the same question, and I'm like give me an industry. And he said, how about the restaurant industry? And I'm like, great. If I was to start a restaurant and I didn't have any money and I couldn't afford 7,500 bucks or whatever, what I do is I would, first of all, fly the uh, flyer and neighborhood with, you know, two for one specials, just come to this restaurant, try this restaurant out. I would then task every, every waiter and waitress that worked in the restaurant to uh, identify every single meal that people ordered, whether they liked it or not, what was ranking as number one, number two, and the order. And I would optimize my menu over time based on the feedback and the data that I was getting, not only from what was selling, but what the, the team on the ground saw, what they heard, what they liked, what they didn't like. And ultimately giving people a reason to come back because the things they want to eat are on that menu. It's the same thing. Look, it is something is better than nothing, right? So do yeah. like when I, I'm a, a, I'm a guy that started six companies with no out, outside investors and no debt. So I started zero when I start my companies. I don't have a ton of money to go what, when I started to go invest in a lot of different things. So I had to be scrappy. I had to be innovative and I had to figure out how to look at data differently. And then when I got to a certain level, I said, you know what? I, I have enough money now. I don't have to be stupid. I don't have to guess as much. And I'm just yeah. going to make be more sophisticated and eliminate as much risk as possible because I can afford to invest in that kind of data and understand how to do this better. No, makes perfect sense. All right, look, I um, for the interest of getting through the other four steps, I, I honestly feel like we could just spend, I could spend two hours with you on this one. We could one? spend two hours on this. We yeah. don't have to go through the four steps. Yeah. They can read the well, book. Well, I, right? I want to go through them. <laughs> so for my own personal reason, I don't want to miss them. Um, let's move on to number two. So, well, let me summarize. Step one, everyone. I will tell you, when I was first starting as an entrepreneur, I'm going back 15, 20 years ago, I used to think this was hootie patootie talk. Oh, you understand your customer, know the avatar. I remember the first person who was trying to teach me to learn my avatar was Evan Pagan, and I wanted to kill him. I was like, shut up about this. We've been on this for like five hours. I paid, well, I know, and I would tell him, I know Evan very well, I would tell him the story to his face. I was at his event, and I paid a lot of money for it. I paid 10 grand to be there. This one was much younger, that was big money. And he's like, it's like a whole day, and I'm like, if you say the word avatar one more time, I'm gonna run up there and hit you. Like, stop. And it's so crazy because years later now, I'm like, dude, got to know your avatar. <laughs> like, you've got to know your customer. I was teaching. Um, here's what I tell my ads team. So you'll appreciate this. Um, I was just teaching them yesterday. I had my whole I had 11 of my ads team on a, on, on a webinar, a Zoom, and I'm teaching them. These are my you know, team members. And I said, when you write ads, OK, you need to get used to saying the thing that our target market is thinking, but won't say. Mm -hmm. 
that's how you're going to punch them across the face and get their attention. There are things that they're thinking that they are too scared, too ashamed, too embarrassed to say, but they're thinking it. And if you say it, you're going to have their undivided attention. And honestly, I've always sat back and thought that's how and why Trump won. Because I feel like a lot of the things he says, right or wrong, I'm not taking sides. It's just there's a lot of people who think it and won't say it. And so he had their undivided attention. And but that comes back to you can't do that unless you deeply know your customer. You have to understand their their mental psyche. So love it. All right, let's move to step two so we don't run out of time. What is the second in your five steps? Well, the second is now that you know what your customer or let's say the politician or, or the voter wants, right? And you have the politician or let's say the business owner. Let's just move it into business now, right? You know what the business owner, like you know what their outcome is. You know where they want to go, right? Now the business owner knows where there's alignment with their customer, right? Now you develop a strategic plan and you write out a strategic plan based on this, what the data tells you and where you have alignment with your customers. Here's why. Um, we love to tell our founder's story. Everybody loves to do it. I'm, I am no different. What if in the data you found out that with your business and your business story, your customer only cared about 25% of it? What if the data told you that? Cause it, cause I I mean, that, that's what we see in our data, right? Would yeah. you continue to talk about the 75% of your business that they don't care about? Or would you take that 25% and optimize it? Yeah. So what you've got to do is stop running around saying, I don't know, spend money on Facebook. Those are all tactics. You have to build a strategy where the alignment comes together between the customer and the business owner, and not only in the messaging, right, but also in the budgeting. Because if I have six platforms that I tell you are in a chronological order, then every one of them is going to get a different percentage in the budget, budget, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to play money ball with your budget. You're going to put together a timeline to, to achieve these goals. You're going to put together the message, right? We just did this with uh, NASCAR. So NASCAR brought us in to work on one of their races that they have not been able to sell out for years now. And we found that with this in the data, we found that one way we could sell tickets was influencers, like Instagram influencers, but not redneck, white guy, man uh, influencers. It was moms who were who would advocate going to a NASCAR race with their family and making it a family fun outing after the pandemic was dying down a little bit. You could do this with your family and we could, and it's outside and you could all be there cheering on the race and having fun as a family. And that's what the data told us. So we went out and engaged mom Instagram influencers in this city where this race was going. And we ultimately sold out the race the first time they've been able to do it. And that was one of the reasons it was a slice of the pie of our budget that we utilized in the marketing campaign. We found them that in the data. They had never utilized influencers like that in the past. And so that's what we were able to identify in the data, build out it in our plan, in our strategic plan, step two, so that we had a plan that said, here's how we're going to get to the gold. Here's how we're going to get to your outcome as a business owner, right? You want to build your company to this level? Here's how we're going to do it with your marketing. And that's why step two is the strategic plan before you do anything else. I'll keep going if you're good. Step three is now the biggest mistake 
businesses make and the biggest lie that marketers tell is that you go build your brand first. Why would you build your brand that may not resonate with your customer? Why would you spend 15, 25,000 hours on a website, record a bunch of videos, and they don't resonate with the customer when you spend money to send them to your website? Why would you do that? This is stupid. Like, stop being stupid. You're in, in politics. When we find out there's one or two issues that we know will bring this election victory, that's what the brand is. That's what the website says. We're focused on those two issues and nothing else, right? And so my point ultimately is you build the brand third after you know what your, what your vision is as a business owner, you find the alignment with your customer, you build your plan out, and then you build your brand third. So can I pause you and ask you a personal question related to something I'm doing right now? I'm literally in the middle of it and I made a Facebook post about it this morning. So I feel like in every entrepreneur's life, they have this company that they build that is just, it's weird. It's like, it's like here's all their companies and then there's this one that sits here and you're like, what is with that one? And they'll tell you it's just a personal thing. It's a mission. It's something I just want to do. And so I've got mine. I've been sitting on it for years and it became very relevant because I had a baby a month ago. So now it's been front and center of my mind. And that is that, and because I've been buying a lot of books to read to the baby and I'm, I'm just going out on the limbs. I hate them all. They, I don't like reading the rhymes. I don't like reading the poems. They have no case. They have no moral. They have no story. A donkey goes King Kong ping pong. I'm like, I don't care. Why can I not read a book to my daughter that actually has a lesson? I know she's only one month old, but that can't hurt her. It can't hurt her to be hearing viable, good things. So I, so my wife and I have been talking about a series of books and things we wanted to write for parents and kind of, I hate our education system. That's my, that's my mountain I want to climb. That's the mountain I, I want to make a disruption in the education system all the way from kids up through collegiate by the time I'm done with my life. And so I've always thought about it. Now it's like, crap, I'm reading these books to my daughter. Like I'm behind. I got to write those books so that I can read those to her. So I came up with a bunch of titles. I've actually kicked it off. I'm talking to people now, building the team, writers and all of this. And I know I've got a huge audience I can launch it to and I know they're going to love it. So, but the thing is I'm, I'm kind of making the mistake here because I am getting ready. I'm coming up with book titles. I'm coming up with character titles and all of this. And I'm doing it off of what I know, what I like, which is probably still better than most that I do know marketing, but you know, I don't have a customer base to give to you to analyze. Like, so do I come to you right now? Do I say, hey guys, can you help me? It, your customer base is uh, pregnant new parents. or new okay, parents. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or newlyweds that want to have a kid someday and may want to, you know, by the time you get that book out, they may be pregnant and looking to buy books, right? Yeah. So that's an easy audience to build out and understand what their concerns are, what they look at. It doesn't mean you, again, I think this is a great point, by the way, Annick, was that it doesn't mean you change the thematic way you look at your stories, but you can tweak some of the content in there to resonate more. And it'd probably be fun to be like, oh, they love these three things. I'm going to weave them into the story to make them resonate more. When the people read them, they're going to be like, that book spoke to me because all these other stupid kids. And by the way, I've been in your shoes. I've done this thing where I'm like, I, I can't read this stupid book because it has no point to it. It's literally like all of them, Philip. It's all the of bear them. dance on the street and the street uh, name was Johnson Street and the bear danced. And it's like, what does that have to do with anything? I, I just 
You know, I know it sounds crazy, everyone, and you see my reaction and you're like, what is wrong with him? I, you have no idea how pissed off I am about this. Like it's, and there's more and more. I, I joined this Facebook group. There's like 60,000 people in it. And they're like, I published my book. I published a book. I published, and I think you're feeding more crap into the system. Like I want to slap all of you. But, um, and I got really worked up about it last night. And I ended up being up to four. But I'm curious. So like, do I come to you with this? Do I just call you and your company tomorrow? I'm like, here's what I'm doing. This is the mission I'm going towards. Because I have, I already wrote out 50 titles of books that I'm damn proud of. And all I have is a title. And I, I think this company is going to have about a thousand books within the next couple of years. Because I know exactly the road I want to go. I have an idea of the experience I want to give to parents for buying books so that they can come the way they would engage with our website to find what they want for their kid, what they want to teach their kid. So do I come to you right now and say, guys, this is my idea and would you come back like would it be like you would know like the feedback that you give me would it guide the headline of the website or the character's name or the types of books we do or i guess you're going to say all of it my guess but is this the right time like should i be calling you tomorrow before i get further into this i mean my thing is this the first thing we would do is probably sit down with the head of my data and analytics team right and let him on board and ask you all the questions and kind of get it out of you, everything that you want to know. What would be the most relevant thing for you to understand about the audience so that you could write and put together a plan that would be successful? Again, step one, right? Yeah. And so once you have all that data in your hands, all of a sudden, like a thousand light bulbs go off in your head. Like, oh, I just have been working off a map to find treasure and it's in hieroglyphics and I don't know how to read hieroglyphics. And we just went through this data report and now I can literally see the trail to the gold, yeah. the pot no. of gold. That, no, right, that's what happens. And, and again, you know, that's what we've done now. We've done, I think, oh my God, almost over 500 of these data reports from startups to small businesses, to fortune 200s, to Tony Robbins, to everybody. And that's what the guidance we give them. And then they go, I mean, like um, Amy Porterfield, you know, who she is, she's, um, yeah. she's one yeah, of the biggest well. female influencers out there, right? In the entrepreneurial space. And she's got a book coming out in February of 2023. And we've gone in and really dove down deep into her audience to help her understand how she needs to market the book, but also uh, any of the content that she needs to look at that maybe won't be in alignment with that audience. And so mm. that's sort of how we've uh, operated on that side too. No, I love it. I mean, I, so I, I can see the variety of benefits, right? Because the, the information you get, again, it, it falls right in line with what I said earlier or what I like to teach, which is say the thing that they're thinking but won't say. If you could say that, you capture people really strongly. So right now, right, like my wife and I, I, I can play that first time parent like sleep is, is a thing, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's on every parent's mind. And I think every parent goes through it and everyone warned us, but you don't really understand it till you go through it. Right. Figuring out those patterns and, you know, um, yeah, so I, I can see how certain words would be highly relevant to us right now. And if that happened to be in the title of a book, I'm probably subconsciously much more likely to buy it because it's relevant. So interesting. All right. So so three was build your brand, but build it after you know this data so that you can build your brand in connection to that data. Um, what is uh, number four? Well, number four is, and if you look at this, every single step of this process is a risk elimination step before you go spend money. So step four is to test uh, you the messages that you're going to market. So here's what I mean. 
on uh, everybody says they AB test, right? You've AB tested things before. I get it. But 99% of marketers tell business owners they're going to AB test something. And what they actually do is sit around a table and say, we came up with a bunch of ideas. Let's go AB test it. I test the 10, 11, 12 ideas we find in the data that we know are going to rise to the most, you know, biggest ROI. Ultimately, when we test all of those messages on some of those platforms that we found, we're going to find one or two of the messages blows through the roof. We may not necessarily know why, but we know it will. We know all 10 of the messages will work. We just don't know which one's going to work the best. So we spend a little amount of money to try to test that out and figure out which one of the messages is the most important for you. And then once you do that, you move to step five, which is game on time to launch your marketing, your, your marketing uh, campaign. And the reason, again, we get to step five is that you, 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 first of all, you look at the data, then you write a plan, then you build the brand because I don't want to spend, let's say you spend 10 grand on ads. Why would I spend 10 grand on ads to send you back to a brand and a website that doesn't speak to the people you're trying to appeal to, right? So you've got to use your brand. Then you got to test the best messages of the, you know, again, it's the, it, when I talk about the testing, it's like this. I just told you there's one or two messages that you want to focus on, right? But you want to test those one or two messages 10 or 12 different ways. Uh, let me give you an example of how we did this in politics. On the Trump campaign in 2016, the Trump campaign would test on Facebook one ad that they, one message they knew would work. They would test it 162 different versions of one ad. Hmm. They would have a red background, a green background. They have a man in the ad, a woman in the ad. They have different fonts, different font sizes, font on the right side, font on the left side, font on the bottom, font on the upper left hand. They had 162 different versions of one ad. And ultimately, they would have eight or nine of those ads blow through the roof, and they couldn't tell you why. But they knew it worked. And now they know that if they go spend money on that, they're going to make money. They're not guessing. And that's the key to what I'm trying to do. Eliminate your risk. By the way, everybody in politics does this. My opponent is doing it, this formula against me. I'm doing it against my opponent. And, you know, and I talk about how we do this in politics. But in the business world, there is nobody utilizing this formula right now other than Fortune 200 companies. But they're still not using it in the exact step-by-step -step process. They're just using all five steps, but in different ways. Yeah. So, um, yeah, very, very, very interesting. I mean, like I, uh, I, so I have a question. We met through Jeff Lerner and I've had Jeff on this podcast, uh, some time ago, about a year, year plus ago. And he did this. Jeff did this thing before he launched Entrenation. Was that you? Did you, were you working with him? Because he did exactly this. He talks about it on the podcast. Um, but he had said someone else had given him the idea. So I don't know. Do you know this story about Jeff? Because before he launched Entrenation for a year, um, and actually you can go on Jeff's Facebook and keep scrolling. I did it for fun. And you'll find, this is now for him three, three years ago, four years ago. He took, he kept making videos with a different hook. 
and you put it out into the ecosystem just as a free video to see how Facebook's the, the audience would engage with it. And he'd find ones that no one cared about and he'd find other ones that people do care about. And then he would take those and boost them a little bit with a little paid ad to see how they respond. And then he'd have five or six that did really well and he'd boost all five or six of them with paid ads to see which one took over. And he said it definitely came down to two, three hooks that were the most resonating. And that's why he was able to scale his company from like zero to like 20 plus million in a year because he didn't start the company until he had solidified those hooks. So right now, what I taught my team yesterday when I was on a call with them about coming up with ad hooks is I said, you've got to go into the TikTok ecosystem and study my, not just my TikTok, but go look at those who are similar to talk to similar audiences. And it's so clear. Some videos go off to get millions of views when the average views on that person is 50,000 or 100,000 or 200,000. Then you keep seeing videos that go 3 million, 2 million. You want to pull those out because whatever the hook of that video was, it resonated with that audience and you want to pull that out and make a note of it. And that should be the hook that we write ads on, not just random things that we think about. Because if we keep, so now what I'm doing with my TikTok, right? I went 30 days in, I'm starting to see what my audience likes. So I just wrote out a list of 50 other ideas, but those ideas are now all based off of winners, not this random ideation that I did for my first shoot. And so what that's going to do is it's just going to make my videos better and better. It's going to stack the success because I'm talking, I'm using proven hooks. It's kind of what you're saying here basically, right? But you guys just do it at a much more advanced, you know, level where you're just getting ahead of it. The question is, what is it worth to get it right, right? That's the question that people have to ask oh, it's, and it's, listening right now. No, it's huge. If you're going to do paid traffic, it's getting that hook right is everything. Yeah. And, and uh, no, I did not uh, help Jeff, but I, I believe Jeff probably referred me over to you because I resonate with him a lot. Yeah, no, but that it's interesting because, yeah, that he did do that. So I want to give him a shout out for that, because when he first said it, I was like, Jeff, that sounds like a lot of work. Oh, my God. You know, and, and here's well, the I thing. I tell people, hold on, I, uh, I, I was telling this. I tell people in the book, this is not for the interested. This is for the committed. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, it's, as business owners, I'm interested in everything. Um, yeah, so until some until I'm interested in something else, right? So don't follow this formula if you're interested. Only the committed will succeed with it. You're one thousand percent correct. So, and you said earlier, you said a story where you said, you know, earlier on when you couldn't really afford it, you did it some other ways. But now that you can afford it, why do it another way? So, if you had talked to me about this 15, 20 years ago, I'd be like, oh my god, there we go, you know, blah blah blah. Know your avatar. But today, I have so I have two companies I'm working on right now quietly that most people don't know about. One I just kind of mentioned. It's it's a children's publishing company. Um, the second one is a much much bigger project. I'm super excited about. But I would never, and, that, and that's a year out. So I'm thinking about it a year out. But now I'm looking and I'm like, yeah, I would totally put the work in. I'll put in a budget and I'll put money in to figure out, hey, when that company's ready to go live in January of next year, what does my headline say? You know, what, if I'm doing a Jeff Walker PLF style launch, where I'm going to do video one, video two launch. Well, what's the title of video one? What's the title of video two? You know, and that's kind of sounds like that's what your research would basically tell us is like, here you go. Here's I, one of the reasons we call this the undefeated marketing system is that everybody has grown. But the other thing is I've never had somebody look at this data and go, yeah, that didn't really work for me. Like I've never, it's a hundred percent. Like I always say, you know, you always hear the thing, uh, undersell and over deliver, like I'll oversell and then we will over deliver like that. Like who says that, who says that? But yeah. that's that's the track record. I know it works. Yeah. 
And we've done it enough. And we lay out all the case studies in the book and we walk through, you know, what we did. uh, What what happened with the office chair company before we moved to step five? Did they then go run a bunch of ads on Pinterest? And like, what did they do with that? Yeah, we've we've developed their whole strategic plan, and and then we're uh, in the process of kind of looking at at how they're going to map it out and and work through those steps. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, step number five. Yeah, step number five is now you're ready. Let's go launch your marketing campaign. You've you know what your customers want. You know what the vision is. You have the plan in place. You have the budget in place. You've built your brand properly. You've tested the messages to know what will work and what won't. And now you run your market, you full-fledged market. Now you can invest real dollars into a marketing campaign knowing it's going to work and not a guess. Love it. Um, on this podcast, sometimes I'll say TKO um, to play into the fighting entrepreneur range. And I would say right now is a TKO moment. So this is when I'm lying flat on the ground and I've had my mind fairly blown, which is very rare. I don't do these often. It's probably one every like 30 episodes where I'll have a TKO. This is cool, man. Um, I think this a lot of entrepreneurs, especially a lot of listeners to this podcast who are just kind of early in their journey. I know it's going to be hard to get this message through to your heads because I was where you are 15, 20 years ago. But if you're listening, I just can't stress this enough, man. Um, the the invaluable data. It, and the reason it makes sense to me now is because I'm spending a million dollars a month sometimes on advertising. And it's like, I want to nail my hooks down. And only now did I start to tell my team and teach my team, like, please don't just throw random messaging out. Go to the market and see what's working and use that because it'll... And already this morning, I could read you a text message because this is kind of cool. So I want to read this message. Just to, again, show and prove to people that this is true and this isn't just some nonsense. Uh, Right here. Uh, the new ad copy updates are working a lot better, Onik. Thanks. CPCs are lower. CTRs are above 1% with the copy improvements you had us do. That's from my director of acquisition. That's this morning. That's less than 24 hours after the lesson that was fully focused on stop being random with your hooks. Be precise with the hooks. Take proven and tested hooks. And... Uh, yeah, so really powerful stuff. Hey, where can people get your book, find you, stalk you, learn from you, pay you, give you money, throw money at you? Yeah, you can go to philipstutz.com. Uh, Philip uh, if you want, if you're serious about, I'd love to know what my data would look like in your system and what, you know, this this huge database, how we, would, how we could work together. We have a, a free call you can do with my team. They'll do an assessment. That's at philipstutz.com slash insights. And, um, and yeah, buy the book anywhere you, uh, buy books. Amazon is a good place. Uh, the undefeated marketing system. And I, and I have a, uh, my own podcast, the, uh, the undefeated marketing podcast. So I give a lot of free shit away. Uh, obviously the podcast, the book is eight bucks. So really, you know, if you can't afford that, that's on you. Uh, and I write every two, I have a subscriber list, uh, that has grown. I think we've grown it like 33% in the last two months. But that's because we're constantly writing and giving uh, unfair advantages away to business owners and marketing. It's amazing. Well, Philip, you and I are going to definitely be talking a lot more. I usually will always tell my podcast listeners, 
if I intend to do something because it, that's, I think, the best vote of confidence. Um, I will be talking to Philip, and we're going to not only talk about doing an analysis on our existing database, but um, I'm in the plan. I'm in the process of planning two companies. I'd like to understand, and heck, you know, might even be in the process of planning three companies. But the two are solid. So, like he said, I'm interested in the third one, but I'm not committed to the third one. But the first two, I'm committed to. So I'm going to um, going to talk to him about understanding those audiences better. Philip, it's been an amazing episode. Thank you so much for taking time away. So much love. love what you're putting out in the world too, man. I, I really do. You're doing a great job and uh, you're making a big difference. I appreciate that, man. All right. Well, everyone, there you go. Come on, make sure you click subscribe, leave a comment, click like, tell other people about it. Onicpodcast.com to binge listen to all of our episodes. Learn, L-U-R-N.com to come join the entrepreneurial revolution. And of course, philipstutz.com. I would grab his book. I would grab that consult. I would do whatever you can to learn more about your audience, especially if you're getting either very close to launching your business or you're already in business. Uh, if I could go back and do it all over again, I would put a lot more energy and time in this. So I would listen to Eben when he was telling me about avatars. I'd pay attention to him. Um, so there you go, everybody. This is Onik signing off. Remember, when life pushes you, stand straight, smile, and push it the heck back. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to The Fighting Entrepreneur with your host, Onik Singhal. 